You were listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 154. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. OMG McGee, my friends. It has been two weeks. Been two weeks? It's, it's been a while. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a minute. I know I haven't posted a show in a little bit, and it's because I've been deep, deep, deep into work, into my little baby, my little brainchild, my little interactive way that you're all going to now have an opportunity to be more involved in the wise mind empowerment tribe. There's a lot I'm going to cover today, but I'm going to get into the meat of this right out the gate because my college success habits podcast discussing this went like 36 minutes. So if I can go 36 minutes with them, I can easily go 45 with y'all. So a lot of the times for, in fact, like the first two years until about this time last year, I never really talked too openly about the coaching I was doing, about the courses and the seminars and the workshops and everything that I was doing because I didn't want this to seem like a sales pitch show. I didn't want it to become one of those things where it's like, oh, here this guy goes again, right? But at some point I was doing a massive injustice because so many of you were reaching out to me asking how to be more involved in what I was doing. And I realized I had never even really spoken out and given you guys the information that would have allowed you to dive in deeper to this. For the most part, this podcast has just been me free-flowing with awesome topics and ideas that I have and bringing them to you. And while at times a very roundabout, squirrely way, if you will, uh, of me just sidebarring, boom, 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 and Trust me, I've got one of my tribal members right now helping me go through the transcripts of the shows. And <laughs> to say that I uh, go off on a bunch of tangents would be an understatement. Shout out to Jehovski for stepping into his uh, best self. Not only is this guy looking shredded like Zeus uh, and becoming himself a professional bodybuilder, but he's taking time out of his busy schedule to help me go through 150 transcripts to disseminate all of these shows into a book. And I'm super pumped about that. Um, Inherently, I thought I could accomplish this entire project by my birthday, June 15th. It might take some more time. Um, But the foundation of the book will ultimately, which is just going to be like a, um, a summary of each one of the episodes of the podcast, this will become my information source for the long-form book on From Sobriety to Recovery that I've been looking to write for the last couple years, and I've just been in a process of figuring out the right information to bring to you, right? Because I've read a lot of books out there on sobriety recovery. I've noticed what they've introduced to you, right? Their philosophies, their ideas, and that's what I've clearly done on this show. So how can I put this into a long-form book that will become you know, somewhat of a, of a guide that you always keep around, right? The summaries are a great start. And then from there, you know, it'll become an actual long form book. You know, will it be called, you know, looking up from the bottom of a bottle? Will it be called from sobriety recovery? I have no idea. We're not even to that stage yet. 
Right now we're to the information gathering stage. We're into the summarizing of each one of the episodes and turning them first into transcripts, which thank goodness Zoom transcribes. That's certainly helped. Um, I was able to transcribe all the episodes in a couple weeks, just putting them into a playlist on Spotify and going to bed and letting Zoom record them and shooting out transcripts. Super awesome. So very thankful that Zoom transcribes like that. Uh, thankful even more that I'm on an enterprise account <laughs> so <laughs> I can cloud store all this stuff and don't have to jack my computer up full of, you know, transcriptions. Um, so we've been working on that and it's fantastic. And so as part of this evolution of the From Sobriety to Recovery and College Success Habits podcast, last year I put together a 43-module online course and I put it on Teachable and I sold it to those people who got on the phone with me and talked with me directly about um, some level of coaching and group coaching. And, and for you know, lots of you, you've had calls with me. There's been opportunities to do one-on-one coaching. For some of you, that's worked out. For others, that you've not been able to move forward with that for various reasons, all which were absolutely part of your journey. And as I began to grow the coaching one-on-one and grow the group coaching, I started to realize that I was missing out on an opportunity to bring a lot of you closer to this material um, into more of a group style, mastermind, masterclass kind of format where you get to meet one another, you get to have some face-to-face with me in a group setting where we could talk about this material and do so in a way that was part teaching and, and, and learning and part coaching. And so as a, and I launched the Wise Mind in, uh, Empowerment and Recovery course last year, right around this time. In fact, it was March 1st. So this year on March 1st, I launched the Wise Mind Empowerment Hub And so that's what we're going to talk a lot about today. We're going to discuss that, the growth of that. We're also going to discuss, you know, fears, concerns, habits, values, and acceptance, and some other cool things. And it's all going to be centered around this idea that, I was at an AA 12-step meeting, fellowship meeting, whatever you want me to reference it. I was at one of those a couple weeks ago, and we did the serenity prayer. And the whole conversation after that was about the serenity prayer, you know, um, God grant me to the, what was it? God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the strength to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And I wear these, I wear the serenity prayer on my medallions that's on my sobriety necklace. But I don't often think about that prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the strength to, to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I'm damn near stumbling on these words because one, I'm super excited that I haven't been on the microphone in a little while. And two, there's a part of me that swears I'm getting it wrong (laughs) because I don't repeat it a lot. But it's called the serenity prayer for a reason. So I'm pretty positive I'm right about this one. Could have done a little research. Could have done a little research on that. Hold on, I'm going to hit pause. And I'm back. Yep, I was totally right. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Hooray for me. Repeat it a couple hundred times, and it is actually a memory. So I started to think about what is this thing, this acceptance? Accepting who I am today. Accepting who I used to be. Right? Accepting that there are certain things that I cannot change. 
I cannot change my behavior from the past. I cannot change what I did back then. I cannot change the circumstances that I'm in this second. I do have the ability and the strength to change my circumstances moving forward, to change the version of myself that will behave differently moving forward. If I wronged somebody in the past, I can learn from that wrongdoing and I can begin to behave in a different way that doesn't recreate that same behavior. Just because I've done bad things doesn't mean I'm a bad person. And I got into a very deep conversation with somebody on the airplane recently, and he asked me, um, he, had, he liked religion, he liked his God, he, he made that clear, but I'm super dope and open-minded, so I was all in, let's, come on, let's talk philosophies, because I'm very comfortable in my belief system. No matter how somebody, much somebody wants to share theirs with me, if they think that this is like some sort of gospel moment where they're going to have me come into Jesus, then they pick the wrong guy. Me and, me and Jesus and God, we have a very dope relationship. Uh, they are very comfortable with the way that we communicate and with my belief system around them. I don't care if 50 other million people swear that it's this way. I'm very confident in my belief system. So having somebody tell me about their belief system doesn't bother me because I don't feel challenged. I feel very comfortable explaining to somebody my belief system, why I call them the universe, my belief system around spirituality, my belief system around the afterlife, and my belief system around all of it. No problem, because I am very confident. I stand very firm. I'm not going to die on the hill that if you don't believe the way I believe, that you're going to go to some hell. No. And that's not even for me to decide. <laughs> it's not even, I don't want that responsibility to send you that kind of message. You believe what you want to believe. Just like I believe that the material I teach isn't the only way to step in to sobriety and then journey into and through and, and enjoy and embrace a life of addiction recovery. There's infinite ways to achieve that outcome. What I discuss on this show is just the things that have helped me, the things that I have been introduced to by y'all out there that have advanced my belief system around what it's like to be in addiction recovery and the information that I can share. This is the basis of the entire hub. I mean, I, I go to a recovery dharma the last three uh, Monday nights at 6.30. It's super awesome, super dope, love, love everything about it. Just absolutely enjoy the heck out of the people there. And... I mean, it's just seriously, it's just such a cool community. Like when I moved here and I started thinking about the kind of people I wanted to meet in in sobriety and recovery, there was definitely versions of these people I'm meeting there in my head. So that's pretty damn amazing. And I sit there with my note app open while people are sharing because they say things that trigger thoughts in my head and it causes me to expand my awareness of how other people are embracing their sobriety and recovery journey, right? I'm not taking down their names. I'm not taking down any personal information, but they'll say something and I'll just be like, oh my goodness, like that's a cool thought. Let's expand upon that. You know, uh, last week we talked about compassion fatigue and apathy. Uh, what you expect to, to would, would you expect to be an expert at the beginning? And um, showing yourself compassion when you're not an expert at something when you first start it. Uh, there's no growth in the comfort zone, and there's no comfort um, in, what is it? Somebody said there is no growth in the comfort zone, and there's, n and there's no comfort in 
the ungrowth zone. Now I'm starting to butcher it. It's somewhere in there, and I'll pull it out here in a moment. What's important is that I'm always looking for new information, new ways of thinking about sobriety and recovery. Because it's not enough for me to just learn and then spit out information. It's important to me that I take information from a myriad of sources and then I begin to connect the dots for you all. So whether it be Buddhism or Judaism or Christianity, whether it be anything that you can learn from their teachings all the way to any kind of book from Brene Brown or Eckhart Tolle or, or Carol Dweck. I mean, I've somebody once sent me a list of the books that I've talked about on this podcast, and it was like well over 40. I'm taking in information constantly. I mean, I think one of the, let's see, I recently added a new book into... Audible. I started listening to the alcohol experiment again because that just seemed like a fun thing to do. And then um, The Elephant in the Brain was a new book that I was reading. This is Audible. The Elephant in the Brain. I was at a metal meeting recently, which is the men's um, heart-centered business group. It stands for Media Entertainment Technology and Leadership. It's amazing. I mean, over 800 members all around the world. Fantastic. And the author of The Elephant in the Brain came on. So obviously I was super inclined to get his book on Audible and listen to it. And I'll go listen to that. And then I'll bring some of that teaching and knowledge to you all. And then I'll I'll intertwine it with the sobriety recovery journey. And that's, that's what I do. It's To me, it's I don't know what else I would do if I didn't do this. How could I just learn this stuff and just sit on it? or just talk about it amongst people around me. Most of my close friends don't want to talk about this stuff as much as I do. Luckily, y'all do. (laughs) So as we start to think about this, accepting the things that we cannot change and the strength to change the things that we can, right? It's, It's in that strength to change the things that we can that we will work through and walk through our fears. There is a lot of fear. I I believe that the two emotions that fuel humanity are fear and love. It's that good and evil. It's that yin and the yang. There is, you can't understand love without the fear. You can't understand the good without the evil. You can't understand the yang without the yin. We need the two, you know, counter resources to, to butt up against each other for us to understand that, in the depths of our sadness, there can be the height of our happiness. Right? How do you know you're happy if you don't understand what sad feels like? How do you know to embrace the moments that you have with your family members and this those casual Sundays spent at, a, spent at a birthday party in the backyard? How do you know to embrace those simple moments if you don't know what it's like to not have those moments? to just hear about them on social media or to tell, have somebody call you while they're at it and say, wish you were here. Or for me to have lost so many loved ones to know what it's like to bury a mom, a stepdad, aunts and uncles and grandmas and grandpas and best friends from college and best girlfriends from high school. If you don't know what it's like to lose people in your life, then how do you know to embrace the ones that are in your life? If you don't know what it feels like to not be forgiven, then how can you possibly understand the strength that comes from forgiving? It's possible to forgive if no one's ever forgiven you, but to fully be able to embrace the 
the feeling that you get from forgiving, knowing that there are people out there who won't forgive you. Come on, you know what that feels like. You know what it feels like to be able to step into forgiveness when you know others won't invite you into that space with them. This accepting of who we are today goes back to that idea of being, you know, releasing the pain from the past, you know, going back in your timeline, going back in your mind and saying, what is the lesson? What is the teaching that life wanted me to take from this trauma, from this, from this abuse, from, from this negative event in my life, from this bad emotion I feel? What is the training? What is the teaching? Embrace that training and teaching. Life is just a series of lessons. And then leave the trauma, leave the sadness, leave the depression, leave the negative emotions in the past with that memory and move forward with the teaching. Move forward with that knowledge and that's how you can become content in your present. There is no failure, there's only feedback. The the idea around that that saying is that if you take the lesson from this quote-unquote failed moment in your life, then it's a feedback on opportunity for you to realize there's a more desirable way for you to think about it, to feel about it, and to behave the next time a similar situation comes up. And by understanding this feedback opportunity, you no longer have to be pissed at yourself for this perceived failure. Instead, it's just a lesson, right? It's just like no, no different than a football player who drops a pass, right? It's like, oh, yeah, I tried to catch it with my arms extended. I should have moved my hands inward and caught it more with my chest and, and trapped it up against my numbers, right? Or maybe they tried to trap it up against their numbers and they should have caught it with their hands. Either way, until they experience what it's like to drop that ball, they don't get to learn better ways to catch the ball. It's the same thing with you. You're not a bad person because you dropped the ball, Right, you're a less ad, you're a less than advantageous person if you don't take the lesson from dropping the ball, and then begin to learn better ways to catch it the next time. If you're holding on to regret from your past because of behaviors that you did back then, all you're doing is still flogging yourself over decisions you can't change. Be humble in knowing that you weren't always perfect. Have the gratitude. Be grateful in this moment that other opportunities will come where you can show a more desirable, more elevated version of yourself. And remember, we, there's a whole episode on grateful and thankful, but a quick reminder, right? Grateful is like what you feel. I, I am grateful that soda water exists, that somebody invented the soda water. I'm thankful when somebody brings me a soda water, right? So thankful is more about something, somebody's actions toward you. Whereas gratitude is an overall feeling of, it's like a more elevated bird's eye view of thankfulness. Thankfulness is on the ground level. Gratitude is the bird's eye view. They both have a very similar energy, right? It's like, I'm, I'm grateful that somebody had the foresight to create an aquarium. I'm thankful when I get to go in and see the penguins wrestling over a fish, Right? There's, it's, it's just bird's eye view versus ground view. So you can be grateful for the lessons and you can be thankful for somebody forgiving you. Bad things happen. Yes, bad things happen to bad people. Bad things happen to good people. But either way, bad things will happen. It's the way you decide to continue to ruminate on those moments that decide if you're going to be able to move through them or not. 
right? This is when we start talking about our habits, right? If your habit is to automatically have negative thoughts, if your habit is to ruminate on something and beat yourself up and flog yourself over it because a decision you made in the past, right, didn't go the way that you had hoped, it blew up in your face, yeah, that sucks. Shit happens, man. Fucking A. I mean, <laughs> I got a thousand and one of those memories, right? You know, at Ball State University, sleeping with a fraternity brother's girlfriend twice, two different brothers, two different girlfriends. Yep, not the best version of myself. 18 and 19-year-old Jesse was a dick. I'm 46-year-old Jesse now. Am I still going to whip my ass for that? One of the brothers I know has forgiven me. We became best friends. The other one, no, the last time I saw him was not in the mood to talk to me. That was like 10 years ago. Maybe it's different now. We're in our 40s, or maybe not. That's That's his thing. I know I've I know I've asked him virtually for forgiveness and whether that ever comes or not, I've done my best to make my penance for that. I'm not a bad person, I just did a bad thing. Took people to the house on drug deals, drove drunk, blacked out and waved too many places. I've done some stupid stuff. We all have. But it's funny how we'll hold on to certain memories and whip our ass for those. But other ones will seemingly just let slide off our back. Like the 1,500 times I probably got behind the wheel, got behind the wheel of my 300ZX blasted. Right? I'm like, oh, well, at least I didn't kill anybody. It doesn't matter. I, that was a poor decision. Yeah, I'm very blessed that I didn't run somebody down and hurt somebody, but man, that could have gone sideways quick. But I'll release those, but then I'll hold on to sleeping with the brother's girlfriend or taking advantage of somebody, you know, emotionally or whatever it might have been. I'll hold on to certain ones, but I'll release other ones much more readily. Whereas somebody who works for, let's say, MAD, Mothers Against Drug Driving, might not give two dams that I slept with a fraternity brother's girlfriend, but boy, howdy, will she not be thrilled when she finds out that I drank and drove 3,000 some odd times. The point of me bringing up all of these quote-unquote failings of my past is to let you guys know that one of the habits I used to have was flogging myself, beating myself up over these decisions and not forgiving myself when that's not doing anybody any good. Take the lesson, take the teaching, leave the pain and the trauma in the past where it belongs with the memory, bring the lesson, bring the teaching forward and don't do it again. Like my buddy Thomas loves to say, if you don't like the way it feels, don't do it twice. Okay. Awesome. Let's take that lesson and let's move forward with it. If you if you got a pen and paper, you should write that down. If you don't like the way it feels, don't do it twice. And this all begins to link to our values, to our identity statements. So we make, I am an alcoholic is what some people might say. I will not say that because that's an identity statement. I am not an alcoholic. I am somebody in addiction recovery. I was an alcoholic. I was haunted by booze and drugs. I don't need to continuously repeat that self, that statement to myself to know that I can't ever go back. That's that's gone. I've turned the page. There's a was it Bob Seger turn the page and there's a saxophone. And a rolling just a morning on a dark and dreary day. Right? You, I know you love it when I start to hum songs that I don't know the words to. <laughs> It's your favorite part about the show. Come on. Come on. You can laugh with me. It's like, turn the page. 
Anyways, turn the frickin' page, guys. It's like, to me, you know, um, I came across somebody recently who may have a bunch of pictures of me being old, wasted Jesse, and I was like, please, please send them to me. Because I came from an era, especially at Ball State University, where camera phones weren't, that wasn't a thing. And so people weren't just walking around with cameras all the time. We don't have pictures of ourselves half blasted in the basement listening to, you know, Strykowski jam out with some live and some Soul Asylum and some Pearl Jam. Like, we don't have pictures of that. Even when I got to University of Florida, cameras weren't on phones yet. So we don't have a lot of pictures. So I don't have to be disgraced by pictures of blacked out Jesse doing stupid stuff. But I know people have pictures. I really would like them just to be able to do that side-by-side comparison on Instagram and talk about my horrible old days. But I don't really feel like I'm one of those people who's ever done that. I'm more about talking about who I am now and moving forward. Telling you guys the story of blacking out in Indonesia and waking up in Singapore and having pissed all over my couch, sure, that's a hilarious story in its own right, or it's very sad, depending on the the viewpoint you want to look at that story from and hear it from. But either way, I don't necessarily need to talk about the despair. We all have those moments. I want to talk about where we're going now. That's why identity statements like, I am bad, I am worthless, I am no good, I'm an alcoholic, I'm a shithead, I'm a dumbass, I'm not worthy. Those, that's why those things make me cringe when I hear people say them. Because the more you repeat them, the more it attaches to who you are. I am statements will be internalized as who you are by your conscious and unconscious mind. I am statements are you, and I, I am statements, let me spit this out the right way. I am statements are taken by your brain as identity statements. So if you say things like, I am good, I am smart, right? I am attractive, I am funny. If you say these things, right? I mean, if you try to sit there and, you know, tell yourself that I am the hotter than a supermodel and you look in the mirror and that's not what you see looking back, right? You can rephrase that statement to still let yourself know that you see yourself as an attractive person. We don't need to compare ourselves to somebody else in order to have an empowering identity statement. All of this is just a little bit of taste of the kind of lessons that are going to be in the hub. When I first put it together and I first got the founders together, and you've heard a lot of their names just because they're the ones who've been very, very interactive with this material. There's been some who joined who never even opened it up, never even opened it up. And I had to ask myself why. Because when I met them, and everybody back in the day had to be interviewed, had to be had to have a conversation with me to determine if they could be in the tribe. It wasn't just a guarantee. And even the Founders Club, right? There's gonna, there is the original Founders Club, and there will become a, another level called the Foundational Club. And those will be the ones who join now, who are very interactive, who show a high level of interest and who want to be at the events and who want to talk about things and who want to really participate. There will, be, there will be other levels that people can attain. But looking back at it and noticing that some of these people who had these conversations with me were gung-ho, super into it, so excited about being uh, a member of the Wise Mind Empowerment and Recovery course. And then they'd log in once or twice and they'd never come back. They wouldn't answer text messages. They wouldn't come back on the Voxer chat. They just disappeared. Now, does that mean they didn't like what they saw? I mean, in many cases, they barely made it through two or three videos. 
So then I had to ask myself, okay, what causes somebody to be super hyped about something and then fade away? So I started digging in deeper and deeper into the research of the science, the, the social psychology, this internal pattern and programming that we go through when new information is introduced to us. And I realized from my research that it's actually detrimental to someone to have a ton of information dumped on them at once. That it can actually come off as confusing, confusing and overwhelming. And then there's a little voice in my head that says, yeah, I've tried this stuff before and it hasn't worked. Or I don't want to make this promise to myself that I'm going to dive into this course because I made a lot of promises to myself and it hasn't worked out well in the past. And I can see it. I totally get it. I've joined Mind Valley, and you go on there and there's like hundreds and hundreds of classes. I don't even know where to start. There's so many things I'm interested in. And then I get into the material and it's just somebody, you know, giving me like a lecture and there's a workbook, but it, it doesn't really give me that big why, that big mission statement. Like, this is what I'm going to achieve if I, if I really apply myself and prioritize this. It doesn't ask me to dive in deep and really start to s- search within myself what it is I, I want from learning this material. It doesn't tap into the why. We all have that why. Even if you don't think you do, you do. We wonder why we're here. Why did God create us? Why did God put us on this planet? Why did God create a platypus? Why did God create a porcupine or a blowfish? Why did God create scorpions? My firm belief on the scorpion thing is food for other critters. (laughs) What are lizards supposed to eat if not scorpions? Ants? I mean, come on. They need to have a varied menu here. Take spiders out of the food chain, and I'm talking about there would be a collapse, right? We would be see, we would see way too many insects. <laughs> Take bats out of the food chain, and then I promise you, if you live in the South, you would not be able to walk outside from spring to fall because the mosquitoes would just carry you away. Everything exists for a reason, but we still want to know why. We still want to ask ourselves these why questions. So when these why questions come up, Then I thought, okay, let me be a source of information. But then I started to think about there's so much information. Like It's sort of like how there was pre-internet, and then the internet started to grow. And I remember people people used to argue about no one's going to want to give up their information to log into a website. No one's going to want to put their credit card information on the internet. No one's going to want to give up their personal information on on social media apps. And nobody, nobody's going to want to post their pictures up there of their family members and stuff. And you know, there was all this pushback to this idea of, of moving head on into the information age. And Then 06 and 07 started to come around, and Facebook and MySpace and Twitter started to to gain more relevancy. And then Steve Jobs drops, you know, first it was the the iPod, you know, then there was the iPod Touch, which was just his test run at the idea of an iPhone. And right as soon as the iPhone came out, that was it. Smartphone technology took off, the internet was at your fingertips, and all of a sudden you could take pictures of anything, anytime, anywhere, and post it up on the internet. And then everybody just wanted to become part of the information age. Now 600 million hours or something ridiculous of videos are loaded up to YouTube every day. Tens of hundreds of millions of posts on Twitter and TikTok and Instagram and Facebook happen every second. 
right? They don't even, let's not even forget about the ones that seemingly have died off, like Snapchat. And there used to be one, it was like five second videos, right? They'll, there was people who Vine, it was called Vine, where people actually became stars because they figured out a way to be super entertaining in six seconds. More power to them. I need 60 minutes on a podcast to be mildly entertaining. <laughs> so, so then I, what I ended up finding myself becoming was part of the information chaos. There's so many inputs. There's so much information to be had. How do I stand out from the crowd? How do I make sure that people can find the information that they seek? Right? I mean, yes, the podcast went freaking, you know, nuclear whenever the COVID went down and all of a sudden my numbers just jammed up. But still, you know, there's hundreds of addiction recovery podcasts. I've met tens and tens and tens of people running them. It's amazing the amount of awesomeness that people are out there producing. So then I thought, okay, I don't just want to be part of the information white noise. I, when I create courses, when I create things, I want it to be done in a way that actually trips off the endorphins, the dopamine, the serotonin, the reward centers of your brain. So while the Wise Mind Empowerment course, the standalone you know, thing I created this time last year was great. And the people who had conversations and came on, some of them dove through it. I have multiple tribal members who've gone through it two, three times. But then there was those who just never came back. And so clearly it wasn't even that they didn't like the information. It was that something happened within their brain that said, this isn't helping me or this isn't going to work or I can't achieve what I, what I can't achieve my best sense of self. I don't even want to put in the time just in case I end up watching all these videos and my life still feels the same. And yes, I have said on more than one occasion, if you get sober and the only thing about your life that changes is that you take alcohol and drugs out of it and you're still coming over from work, sitting on the couch in your underwear, eating donuts, watching The Simpsons, don't expect to feel that much better about what's going on in your life. You have to step in to your potential. You have to be willing to push yourself outside your comfort zone. I do believe I have now officially remembered that quote I was trying to think of. It's there is no growth in the comfort zone and no comfort in the growth zone. And you've already heard me talk multiple times about how I want you to you already live uncomfortably in your comfort zone. You think you're comfortable there, but you're not. You're uncomfortable. You know the change is out there. You complain about things because you know there's a better way. So I want you to get comfortable in your uncomfort zone, in that growth zone. It's important to me. Because when I go to meetings, when I talk to people, even if they're not in sobriety and recovery, who tell me about their challenges and tell me about the blocks that they're having in their life, and I know if they could just step to the left or right or backwards or forwards one degree, that they would absolutely see it from a completely different perspective. They can look at it through a completely different lens. I want to help them achieve that. This is long running in my mind, you know, from the time my mom dropped the ice cream and I felt bad about it. So I swore I would never sit back idly by when I saw her need help all the way to when she got Crohn's disease and I was the one helping her clean up the shitty sheets while the stepdad ran out to work at five in the morning so he wouldn't have to be there to watch his wife slowly die in front of him. Whatever it might be, there's this internal desire to stop when I see somebody who needs help and be a, as a, be of assistance as much as I can be. Like I got a complete thrill in Los Angeles of seeing tourists looking around for something and being like, hey, can I help you find something? Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I know where the sign is. Okay, cool. You just need to go up, turn left on Gower. Beautiful site. Go up to Griffith Park. 
great views up there as well. Go to the Beechwood hike and you can totally get right behind the sign. Like I loved helping people discover those things. It was super awesome having friends come out and visit me and me being able to take them to these places. I love to be of help and assistance in an addiction recovery, right? That's sort of the energy that we want to bring into this. I came out of the fire, you know, and now I'm ready to run back into it with buckets of water to help the next person. Right, and then I talked to enough addiction recovery centers and I started talking to them about their aftercare programs and about, you know, what is it that they do with people once they've made it through the 12 steps? What is it they do with people once they've come out of the treatment? And I started realizing, just like I had with the College of Success Habits show, that there's a ton of stuff that will help people get sober. But what is it that helps them journey into addiction recovery? The College Success Habits show, what I noticed when I went to do research for that podcast was that there was shelf after shelf after shelf of books that were all about helping people get into college. But there was only one shelf of books that helped people while they were in college. So we'll definitely help you get into college. But after that, good luck. Good luck. That's the best you have for hundreds of thousands of people a year stepping into their highest sense of self and trying to achieve something amazing and in the process going tens of thousands of dollars in debt. Hey, here's 47 books on how to get a good grade on the SATs and here's five books on how to grow emotionally while in college. That sucks. That's, you know, that's but that's quintessential western civilization United States philosophy. You know, we'll get you in there but then it's up to you to figure it out. Well, I mean, now that mental health is taking such a front seat, right, that it's riding shotgun in society where we can talk about mental health completely different than we did just a few years ago. You know, Simone Biles and what happened with her in the Summer Olympics has certainly brought athletes and their mental health into, you know, the spotlight. Now when somebody like, you know, uh, an athlete needs to step away for mental health reasons, people aren't chomping at the bit to call them a failure for letting their team down. Now they're calling them brave for stepping in to something that is so difficult to be public, publicly identified for. It's super awesome to watch people who said one thing five, ten years ago completely say something different now because that's just part of what society is, is expecting from the talking heads on TV. So very similar with sobriety and recovery. Tons of programs that will get you to the point where you've got 30, 60, 90, 126 months worth of sobriety recovery. But yet I would still go to meetings. I still go in and I sit in places and people still talk like even after years and years and years that they're just, you know, one bad day away from going back into drinking. So then I start to think, well, what is the social psychology? What is the programming that's going on in the mind that isn't allowing people to just take that version of themselves, right? And metaphorically encapsulating it in one picture. This is this is blasted Jesse. All these different versions of me, all the amalgamations of me over 22 years just just sandwiched into one visual image in my head and it's just put on the wall and it's put up way up high. And that's just who I used to be. That's That was me then. Just like I used to be 18 or I used to be 25. I don't ever get to be 18 or 25 again. I don't ever get to be blacked out Jesse again. I don't really want to be 18 or 25 again. Unless, unless I get to go with my current brain. Then I'll totally do it. <laughs> but... 
That's not the way the world works. No, it's not the way the world works. No, it's not. Well, I can also step into this identity statement of I am an addiction recovery. That it, that old version of I am a blacked out drunk college frat boy, that's gone. That version of me is in the past. Just like 1987 or 1994 or 2004 is in the past. It's in the past. It's who I was. It's not an option to go back to it. And now I've just closed it off. It doesn't mean I don't have cravings. It doesn't mean I don't think about alcohol. It doesn't mean I don't have bad days. But I let the craving just put itself in a boat, float down the river and over the waterfall. Because it doesn't hold space in my life anymore. Well, I don't even know what I would begin to do with that lifestyle if it came back. I, I don't. I don't even. It, it, it can't come back. I, I don't even. I, it's hard for me to even talk about because my brain can't even wrap around. It's just. It's. It's in the frame. It's up there. It's done. It's not even centered. It's just there, amongst many other versions of me. So as I started to ask myself, okay, I've done this. Many of you have done this. We're journeying into addiction recovery. We'll always get to be. When I say through addiction recovery, it's just where it just becomes who we are. It's my identity statement now. I don't hang my hat on being sober in addiction recovery. It's just part of me. Just like I'm six foot three or just like I am whatever I am. It's just I just don't drink anymore. Now I do all this other stuff. So if I can enjoy this, if I can embrace this, what did I flip on in my head that allowed me to achieve this? This is how come the podcast was born. The podcast was born from this energy of, well, if I can do this with my mind, then I can teach other people to do this with their mind too. I'm not the only one who talks about things such as this. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books about this. Just like there's hundreds of podcasts about this. I just have my way of talking about it. I don't think it's the only way. It is just one of the ways. And for many of you, it has become your favorite way. And I bless you for that. But I know you have other tools in your toolkit. I know you have other resources. You tell me that. So if people are out there and, they're, and they, they go through a conversation with me and then they don't stay with the course, then I'm not going to fault them for not having the ambition to do it, because when I met them, they had it. Somewhere along the way, their their motivation waned. And because I believe that inspiration comes externally and motivation comes internally, it's up to me to inspire you all to uncover, unmask, and begin to release your internal motivation to move forward in your life in a way that helps you create the version of yourself that you've always known you can be. You just don't know how to create it. I want to be your guide for that. So I spent an inordinate amount of time uncovering the science of how people take on information and what fires them up to continue taking it on. And it is not lost on me that if I walked up to you and just dumped 50 books at your feet and said, learn them, learn those 50 books and your life was going to be super dope. Super dope. Perfect? No, fuck. Perfect don't exist. But progressing? Absolutely. Get those 50 books. Read them. Make that happen. Do it now. 50. It's a lot. It's overwhelming. It'd be confusing. Which book? Okay, so here's the, here's the 50 books. Read them in this order. 
All right? And still, it's a lot of information to take in. Well, that must have been what it felt like for some of those people who joined the tribe who got a hold of this course and opened it up and was like, oh my God, I don't even know what to do with all of this. Just like I would have to assume that somebody who opens up this podcast and sees 150 episodes must be like, wow, there's a lot to take in here. <laughs> but because it's passive, because there, there, because there's no grade, there's there's no demand on somebody to listen to this show. They can take it on. They can flip through the titles. They can decide what it is that they want to take from the show, and they can right, pop it on, mow the lawn, pop it on, wash the dishes, pop it on, you know, feed the cat, pop it on, drive in traffic. It's passive. Maybe you're listening. Maybe you're not. Maybe you take some notes. Maybe you don't. So in my research on how people could take in this information, I started to uncover that the way I was presenting it wasn't beneficial. In fact, it was downright discouraging. So bless the ones who completed the course multiple times. But had I, you know, had it, had had the Founders Club extrapolated out beyond, you know, I think there ended up being about 15, 20 members. And of those, you know, about half of them remained super active. Right, because after a few months, I noticed that I was content with the the people I had, so I stopped talking about it. I stopped pushing it. I was like, "Let me just see what I can do with these fifteen or twenty people." And as people started to fall off, you know, some of them learned what they needed to learn and went off and created great lives for themselves. Hell, they still contact me. They still have sessions with me from time to time. Right, just for a quick little check in. They're blessings to me. Because it shows me that people can learn from this and then go off and create their most amazing self. And that, to me, is just like freaking lottery. It's like, hallelujah. That's so awesome. And others, they want to stay more involved because it's like they're on that own, they're on their own journey. More power to them. Come on down. Let's do it. Let's meet every other week in Zoom sessions and let's talk about this stuff. However people want to embrace the material is up to them. I take no offense to it if it's stay around or if it's go. They all have their own journey. And that, my friends, is what I've been seeking to uncover. How can I make the journey something that invites those who want to dive into it to learn at an intimate level so that they take this stuff on, right? And then some people, they just want to learn how to make their lives better and they, that's it. And they want to go off and then they want to have their better life. Fuck yeah, man. Let's do it. Other people want to learn this stuff and then they really want to learn it. Like they want to learn NLP from me. They want to come to my seminars and my workshops. They want to be at all of the trainings, right? There's an internal desire to push themselves into a deeper, 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 and deeper understanding of this stuff. To perhaps even teach it one day. Come on down. You're the next. You're the next contestant on your life is right. <laughs> that was. <laughs> come on down. You are the next contestant on your life is amazing. <laughs> 46 minutes. What did I tell you? I told you I went, if I can go 36 minutes with college success habits, I could easily go 45 with y'all. Okay. So I'm going to wrap this up. What is all this about? Have you been listening to me talk about the tribe? Have you wanted to know how to be more involved in the tribe? Then boom, shakalaka. Later on this week, if you listen to this linearly, this is your chance. Now, what I'm going to do, and I just decided this now, is I'm actually going to put together an episode here in the next day or two and launch it. And it's going to be straight into the point. It won't be none of this other hubala hubala. It's going to be straight to the point, just talking about the, the, the hub. Because I believe that the hub just needs its own episode. 20, 30 minutes where I will just walk you guys through this idea. The basic gist of it is that I took the course and I put it into software 
that actually fires off the dopamine reward centers in your brain. It gives you points. It gives you a mission. It gives you your big why. It walks you through it step by step so you understand what it is that you're seeking to achieve as you do each one of the courses, right? It's very directive, right? I'm going to tie in episodes that have to do with the material. I'm going to have bonus videos. There's going to be some Zoom trainings um, where people who have questions can come in and ask questions and have them answered. So it's going to be like a coaching slash teaching slash laser coaching teaching session. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal. It's going to be super amazing. And this whole thing's in beta right now. I don't even have everything figured out, but I've got enough figured out that it's time to start getting y'all into it. So I know some of you have recently asked about the tribe. This is going to be your opportunity. The link will go live later this week. I will post another video or another podcast just specifically about the tribe laying it out so that there's very, so it's very clear. So that there are those of you who listen linearly who've been asking about this. For those of you who had conversations with me and couldn't do the group or the one-on-one coaching, this is your way to be more involved. If you've been wanting some FaceTime, if you've been wanting to be more in the front row and have this stuff be interactive, I am creating that portal for you. There's bells and there's whistles and there's dancing llamas. And I'm going to be shooting some videos on my cell phone as has life plays out in this in, in there are experiences I happen that happen that are real world that tie into this material. I'm going to be posting videos up about that. Um, there's going to be TikToks and there's going to be Zooms and there's going to be Instagram Lives and this is going to be full on. No longer am I going to stand in the shadows just passively letting people find this podcast. I'm going to addiction recovery centers and colleges and universities and I'm going to be talking about this. Right? Not doing this to be the center of attention as much as I'm doing this because I know that somewhere out there there is somebody in need. There is somebody who desires a better way for themselves. And if my voice is the voice they've been looking for, I've got to make sure I put myself in a space where they have a higher potential to find me. It is not enough to just slowly grow this anymore. It is time to full-on rage this across the nation. I'm already in over 85 countries. Fuck it. Bring on 100. It is time for us. Whatever we think has been holding us back in life, it is time for us to blast through it. And I'm ready to do it too. We're always looking to raise the bar. Awesome. Hit a third of a million downloads. Killer. That's awesome. Love it. Let's get more people involved. Great. You know, got 20, 30, 40 different people who have taken classes and seminars or something just strictly around addiction recovery with me over Zoom in the last year. Awesome. Let's quadruple it. Spoken at some addiction recovery centers, great. Let's 100 times that. You know, bestseller book on Amazon, great. Let's figure out a way to get bestseller on the New York Times bestseller list. All right, some other guy out there can write a million little pieces and he lies about most of the book. Hell, I can put together a book that's just about truth. I want to guide everyone to their highest sense of self. It breaks my heart when I sit in any kind of meeting and I hear people talking about limiting beliefs in the way that they're holding themselves back when I know that there's a switch that they can flip inside themselves if I just show them where it is. Best way to do that is just by 
allowing them a space to learn more about themselves, I don't even have to be the one who points it out. You'll see it for yourself. I'll have a ton of light flashing in that direction, but you'll see it. The hub is going to be your way. I just had like six different conversations on Instagram today alone about people who've heard about the tribe. It is time. I'm going to leave you guys out of here on that. It's 51 minutes in. Everything that you desire is on the other side of risk. It is time. It is time. It is time. Here in a few days, I will do another podcast. I will officially announce the launch of the Wise Mind Empowerment Hub. It is created for us. Spread the word. If you find this stuff beneficial, don't hold it close to your heart. Get on the rooftops and let other people know. The best thing we can do to step toward our highest sense of self is let other people know how we're doing that. I, for one, have been ready to do that for years. Whatever I've been utilizing inside of me to hold myself back, I'm telling you right now, here today, I am releasing that. It is time to move forward. Now, I know I could, what is it saying? If you want to go fast, go, go it alone. Didn't I just say this? If you want to go fast, go it alone. If you want to go farther, do it together. I've done as much as I can, quote unquote, alone. So I know I've already had quite a few of you along for the ride. But now it's time for you all to find your space on the bandwagon. Your spots are permanent. <laughs> for, the, for, for less than the cost of a beer and a coffee a month, you can be a part of the hub. For the cost of two Starbucks coffees a month, you can be a member of the hub. For the, for the cost of one drink at the club, less than one drink at the club, um, you could be every single month, you could be a part of the hub. I made it super, super, super affordable so everyone knows they're invited and no one has to feel left out. Now is the time. Stand up, step forward, raise your hand. I will call on you as always. Inclusivity over exclusivity. The power of positive energy. Release and flow. Every day is the best day of our lives when we wake up sober. Shout out to sunshine. Glow on. Should have mentioned this before I did the outro. You will find a link for this in my Instagram first and foremost. Wise Mind Empowerment Hub. You will find a link to be able to sign up and be a member starting now of the Beta Club. The Beta Club. Dun, 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 dun. Beta Club. Do, 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 do. Beta Club. Do, 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 do. I'm doing that to the beat of Jamie Trent do 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 from Ted Lasso, which I think may be stolen from Baby Shark. I don't know. Not positive. Find the link on Instagram at Jesse Mogul at From Server Rider to Recovery. Another podcast coming out on Wednesday or Thursday that will officially launch this. It'll be much more short, much more succinct, and it will give you all the information you need to be able to jump in and become a member of the Wise Mind Empowerment Hub. Join the tribe. Stand up, step forward. I'm not going to do the whole outro again. We've done this. Much love, everybody. See you here in a few days. Bye-bye.